We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events, the list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. I don't know about everyone listening, but after a long day of work, I just need to come home to a nice, refreshing tall boy to ease my stress. I actually just had three or four last night, if I'm being honest. No, not those tall boys. A refreshing tall can of liquid death was exactly what I needed. If you've noticed a new tall boy can in the water section that looks like a beer or an energy drink, it's actually liquid death, a mountain spring water from the Alps that comes in still, sparkling, or in three different flavors. Try the lime, trust me. Why is the water called liquid death, you ask? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. There's just something special about grabbing an ice-cold can of liquid death, hearing the pop when you open it, and quenching your thirst with the best-tasting still or sparkling water on the market. I honestly could not go back to bottles even if I wanted to. As I mentioned, I can't recommend the Sparkling Lime Liquid Death enough. It has the perfect lime flavor to go with a crisp, refreshing finish. It's also the best water to mess with just about everyone you know, as they probably think you're chugging a beer in your car or a work meeting at about 9 a.m., Seriously, guys, check this product out. I've been absolutely loving it, and I know you will too. Go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. Um, I got nothing, guys. I don't know what the hell to say. I don't know what to do. Um, the Packers lost to Detroit. Uh, I was there. It was awful. Um, I. How are you guys? Like, Dusty, what's going on with you? I'm fine, man. Doing good. You know, it's uh, we're getting like the last vestiges of, of the end of summer kind of hanging on. And so it's in the low 70s here this week, which is kind of nice. We've got they still the cool nights, low 70s during the days. It's nice. And we're going to dip back down to like, you know, low 40s. So winter's on the way. Uh, but it's a it's a listen, beautiful days outside. I got nothing to complain about. Not the way I thought that was going to go. But Sarah, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm all right. Packers stink. It's not a good feeling. Did the math. You know, they haven't been this bad since I was 10 years old. So I was just a a wee child. (laughs) And yeah, it's not fun. Another hurricane is heading Florida's way. So could be better. But hey, we're going to have a good time talking about the Packers tonight. Whether they are on a win streak like they've been in years past 
or they're on a losing streak like they are right now. We always find a way to make it exciting and have fun. And for that, I'm thankful. I was trying to figure out what age group to like make fun of you for, so, but I I couldn't decide on one, so I'm just not. I'm just going to move past it. I was like, oh, I'm going to make fun of her and say she's like 18 years old. I'm like, no, that's weird. Yeah, so. I'm off my game as well. Like the Packers losing this many games as has me off of my game as well. So I appreciate the insight uh, into like the real time workshopping of a joke that ultimately didn't mm-hmm. come out, Steve. That was mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, it was a, it was know, a good right? journey that we all went on together. I feel like. <laughs> I'm sure everybody's going to really appreciate that. <laughs> They're all going to really appreciate that. The failed joke that went through my mind that I wasn't able to get out. So yeah. All right. Well, screw you. Uh, tell Thank us what you. you thought about the the uh, Detroit game, Dusty. Wasn't great. Wasn't great. I mean, just a hell of an analysis, bud. They, they they moved the ball. You know, they did move the ball early, and they couldn't punch it in. And they had some, it was some baffling decision making down towards the goal line, and then also some really really terrible throws down by the goal line that ultimately were their undoing. And and kind of as the injuries piled up, they couldn't really get a whole lot going towards the end. But that's the thing, like they like all of these other games, like all of, like most of the other games so far this year, maybe all the other games, um, they just they couldn't get out of their own way. Like they, if they played, if they didn't make a handful of dumb mistakes, like that, that interception throw into Bakhtiari, the, uh, the RPO that he pulled and tried to throw through the middle of the line. I know, you know, some of the stuff is second guessing and hindsight and I get all that, but there's a couple of those things that they don't normally do that if they just don't do those, they win. And so they kind of, they looked okay early, move the ball, defense tightened up. They just couldn't score points. And that sucks. And then beyond that, you got the injuries to deal with. And, uh, you know, we're all excited about Romeo Dobbs and Romeo Dobbs is going to be missing for a while. So it's just, it's just, it wasn't good. That game ended and it was just kind of a a shrug of the shoulders and a, well, all right, that's the season. And we kind of thought it was going that way anyway. Um, But that, that felt like that was about it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of past it now, you know, kind of working my way through it, seeing the stuff that was good, seeing the stuff that was bad. They did introduce some fun stuff in the run game. I thought this past week, but yeah, overall just, uh, just, just, just kind of gross and blah. Yeah, the best way I can sum it up. So I was visiting my parents the past weekend, and we uh, went out to a local place to watch the game. And you know, we had our Packers shirts on, and this older gentleman walks by us before the game started and goes, "Oh well, they've got to win this one, so you'll be okay this week." And then <laughs> a couple hours later, walks by us again and goes. You know, I really thought they'd do it. I'm sorry. Have a great day. And then just walked away. Um, so oh, no. that's just, you know, kind of how I felt. And I took some notes just on my phone during the game so that I could look back uh, for the podcast. And my favorite one is just Sammy Watkins with a billion question marks. Because what was he doing? What What was happening there, especially toward the end of the game? And, you know, Beyond the game being really disappointing and just the turnovers and like you said, Dusty saying pretty much, yeah, that's the season. This sucks. The injuries was just the cherry on top of everything. I mean, it felt like every few plays somebody was going down and I just kept saying to my dad, could this get any worse? And it did. It just kept getting worse and it was tough and, you know, a lot of, not just, oh, this guy's going to be out a week or two. Oh, he's done for the season. Or, oh, four to six weeks. And, yeah, that really sucks on top of an already really ugly losing streak. Yeah, it was it was definitely rough. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I actually did make the trip up to Detroit and went to the game. And, honestly, like, I had a lot of fun. Outside of the Packers losing, it was a really cool stadium. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, if – You've never been there. One of the really cool things is that they almost make it like a show because they have all these spotlights that are all on the field. And so there's very little natural light coming through. And so the stands are all dark and everything. And so the view of the stadium is just like on onto the field is just amazing. Like it was really cool to see. Like that was one thing I would, if you ever get the chance to go there, like I definitely recommend it. Um, Tickets were way cheaper than they're going to be in Green Bay. So uh, I got seats in section like 133 for 80 bucks. And yeah, you're definitely not going to find that in in Lambo at, at any point. But um, other things that I think I kind of noticed, uh, A, all Lions fans hate Jared Goff. So 
it's it's very good to know that i heard multiple people just complaining all day long especially in the third quarter when he almost threw i think four straight interceptions yeah they 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 are not a fan of him um what else uh i also was able after the game to listen to lions radio on the way back so that was thoroughly interesting to hear and i heard one of the best things ever because the uh one of the color guys who calls a game also was talking about Aaron Rodgers and he's like, you know, it's like we didn't we didn't he's like it's a good it's a good win. He's like anytime you beat the Packers, that's a really good win. It's like we didn't see Aaron Rodgers like we normally see Aaron Rodgers. He's like, this was grocery store Aaron Rodgers. And the guy's like, what what do you mean grocery store Aaron Rodgers? He's like, well think about it. He's like if Aaron Rodgers is normally Fruit Loops, today you saw Fruitio was Aaron Rodgers. I just started, for whatever reason, that was the thing that sent me over the edge. I started laughing. I'm like, oh, my God, I actually want to call into this radio show and just be like, you know what? I'm a Packer fan, but, oh, my God, you're completely right. We are getting bargain brand Aaron Rodgers right now for the last, like, eight games, and it sucks. Um, but, yeah, overall, it was it was a lot of fun to be there. It was shocking to see the way that the game went down. Uh, like you guys said, the injuries were, were tough. It was hard to see while I was at the game. So seeing Rashawn Gary go down, um, Romeo Dubs going down, Aaron Jones, hopefully will be okay. But man, those, uh, those injuries were killer. And, um, yeah, it was, it was just weird. I think the whole game had a weird feel to it. And especially at the end of the game, when Aaron Rodgers get the ball, like the 40 yard line, two minutes left, three timeouts. And you're like, we're good. We're good. This is going to happen. We're good. And then just the ugliness that unfolded there, man, it was, it was shocking. So I'm not, I'm not sad that I went. I'm not uh, like upset. I spent the money. Like it was just, it was a great experience. Lions fans were really cool. I had a lot of fun with them and it's a great uh, area right there downtown. So again, like if next year when the Packers are playing there, I highly recommend it, but um, let's move on a little bit, guys. Devondre Campbell um, talks a little bit about Jordan Love today, and uh, the comments were a little shocking. Dusty, what did uh, you want to fill everybody in on? What happened today? Yes, yeah, so it was on Clubhouse Live, and it was uh, Devondre Campbell and Dallin Lovett was there. Dallin Lovett overlapped Jordan Love at Utah State by a year. He was a senior in 2017, which was uh, Love's rookie year. And so the, the the question was kind of I don't have the full question in front of me. The question was basically like what can you tell us about Jordan Love? Like you knew him in college, you know him now. And Levitt's response was basically like, a, you know, good dude. He's like a like good leader. You know, people kind of rally around him. They they like him. And then he kind of mentioned his, uh, you know, he's got, got a good deep ball. You know, he said, you know, obviously we're not in the same rooms, but you, you see what he's doing in practice. He's got a good deep ball. He can't really speak to that. But, you know, basically I like Jordan Love. People around here like Jordan Love. And then unprompted, Devonder Campbell came in and said, I he's he's good. He's a he's better than a lot of starting quarterbacks in this league, and they kind of left it at that. So it's kind of kind of a short little clip. Again, kind of led off by a question to Levitt about and you know an ex college teammate, now current pro teammate of his, and Campbell kind of coming in. That was that, I think that's the big thing that caused waves today was Campbell coming in, not being asked the question, just saying like, "Listen, he's good. He's better than a lot of starting quarterbacks." So that's that's what happened today on uh, or yesterday i guess on clubhouse live and it made the rounds and got a, got a lot of people uh feeling lots of different types of ways i mean clearly he was talking about aaron rodgers and uh, he's a better quarterback than aaron rodgers right it's like it's like if you read between the lines it's saying without saying right steve exactly exactly mm-hmm. listen yeah, packers fans just need to feel something right now so they saw this and took it and ran with it and i don't blame them i mean it was cool to see Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, Packers fans are feeling something right now. There's a lot of things that Packers fans are feeling. Uh, did you like, as, like the jokes about how I think it was Zach Jacobson who, who mentioned that uh, that they should get Jim Irsay drunk at the the combine next year, and then they can like fleece him for three first round picks. And then all of a sudden, I'm starting to see like pictures of Aaron Rodgers in a Colts uniform and. People talking about how realistic this actually is, and take it like it's Packers fans are insane on Twitter right now. I mean, it's thoroughly enjoyable and funny, but like, oh my god, they're all going crazy. Um, but let's pivot a little bit, Sarah. 
there's um, there's uh, Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, relatively short one today, so not too much to share. Um, and really, this year it's been a lot of the same, especially the last few weeks. Uh, Roger said, you know, disappointed really has been a rough stretch for the team since London and that he sees similar patterns. You know, there's not four quarters full of execution, mental mistakes, et cetera. Um, And he said, you know, not only kind of what we already talked about was the loss tough, but the loss of guys to injuries, too. Um, They talked about what went wrong in the game and um, A.J. Hawk quickly said, you know, did something surprise you about the Lions? Did they catch you off guard? And Rodgers was very quick to basically correct him and say, you know, I'm going to stop you right there and no disrespect to the Lions, but I don't really think the Lions played that great and it was more about us than them. Um, so again, I know Dusty had mentioned that, that the Packers kind of got in their own way. You know, he said we were still able to move the ball down the field, especially in the first half. We ended up, you know, right there multiple times and then just ended up totally blowing those opportunities, couldn't put it away. Uh, Of course, they talked about some of the throws. Uh, Pat McAfee brought up that some of the mistakes that we saw from Aaron Rodgers this past weekend were very uncharacteristic that he was, and they mentioned the throw to Bakhtiari and how that was just so bad and low and, you know, I've, I can't remember the last time I've seen Rodgers throw a pass like that. And they basically said the same thing. So we talked a little bit about what went wrong on those plays, what he was seeing, um, and, and dove into the details there. But he did seem a little peeved because uh, McAfee had mentioned how there's a lot of people online looking at the tape. And he said he seemed a little salty that people were critiquing him about that. But at the same time... <laughs> said the throws were bad, it wasn't good, but that there's a lot more that goes into it than people know online. So that was his thoughts about it. Um, Something else he said was that we beat ourselves as we have many times this season. And I think that's become the theme of the 2022 Green Bay Packers. Um, After recapping the game, they shifted into this weekend. Obviously, the big storyline is that Mike McCarthy is returning to Lambeau Field for the first time since he was fired. Um, They asked, you know, are you excited? And he said, of course, that when he sees Mike, he's going to give him a big old hug. He can't wait. He hopes the reception from fans is warm. McCarthy and and his family meant a lot to the town for 13 years and was a huge part of their success. And that it's important that fans and that the organization honors him in the right way. Um, so thought that was nice. Talked about his mindset, kind of moving forward in the season. You know, McAfee said a lot of people are saying this season is lost, that it's done. But Rodgers is trying to be positive. You know, he's, he's definitely an optimist in a situation like this. Uh, he said he always believes in himself first and bets on himself first to go out there and win games and be great. He knows that he still has it in him, regardless of who's out there with him. He said if guys want to come battle, they know where to find him at the center of the huddle, expecting greatness and trying the best that he can to lay it all on the line for the team. Um, And that was really a reoccurring theme in this discussion with McAfee on Tuesday. And then for the book club this week, there are two books, one for the people and the usual book club Um, And that's Love Wins by Rob Bell. And then a bonus book uh, specifically for Pat and AJ. That is a coloring book titled Keanu Reeves. (laughs) Love Wins, you say? Oh, interesting. Yep. Interesting. I saw a lot of jokes on Twitter Mm. about that one, too. I would imagine. I would imagine. Um, All right, guys. Let's. I guess let's do this. <laughs> so sad. You're so sad. I, I, <laughs> just a beaten man. I just knocked. <laughs> I knocked one of my headphones out with my pen because I didn't even know what the hell to do. I don't even know what the hell to talk about at this point. It's Packers versus Cowboys. One thing we're looking for from the offense versus the defense. I'm going to start just because. Again, I don't like every time we feel like we talk about this. I'm just. I'm going to go Oppo now. I'm going to go oppo and just see if maybe it, it messes with them and say, 
don't give Aaron Jones the ball. Don't give Aaron Jones the ball. And we'll just see what the hell happens. Because every time we beg and we plead for Aaron Jones to get the ball, he never does. And he gets like, oh, well, he had four rushes and six catches in the game. Like, that's not enough. These needs to be featured in this offense, and they don't do it continually. So, I'm yeah, I'm going to go opposition and say, yeah, just don't give Aaron Jones the ball. We'll see what happens. Sarah, what are you looking for? Yeah, that's that's an interesting perspective. And <laughs> honestly, last year with the prop bets, I started doing that and it went my way. So you never know. <laughs> so Cowboys, they're you know good team with great defense, um, and their front is especially scary. Uh, you know, prior to Week Nine, they had a bye this past week. Uh, they led the NFL in sacks with 33, which is seven more than the next highest team, which was the 49ers with 26, who also had a bye this past week. Um, so, yeah, this is this is definitely a bit scary. Um, there's a great article on Fan Cited by a guy named Brandon Martinez, um, which is just published about a day or, or two to, a, bleh, a day or two ago, um, and it's grading the Cowboys' defensive position groups midway through 2022 season. So I took a look at that when I was prepping for our podcast, and a lot of good insights there. If you're, you know, really interested in diving into the specific groups and how it, it's looked to date. Um, but it's also, you know, if you're not feeling optimistic about this game, maybe don't look at it because there's a lot of good stuff there for the Cowboys defense. But it was a great read, so wanted to give that a plug. Um, as far as what I'm looking for. I want to see how the Packers try and protect Aaron Rodgers. You know, even if they do protect, this is a type of front where you still have to get the ball out quickly. So that's what I'm be looking for. I want to see the Packers just get rid of it quickly, move down the field little by little. Something that has been frustrating for me a little bit is just that the Packers and, you know, Aaron Rodgers seem to want to go for the big plays a lot when maybe they only need five or seven yards and it's like, just move the chains, just get the first down. You don't need 40 yards. You just need 10. Um, so I just want to see them protect, get the ball out, you know, as quickly as possible and do it when they need to, because that front is, is going to come quick. Um, and hopefully they can just move down the field a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I mean, this is not the team you want to play when your offense is struggling. Yeah, defense uh, defense is good, uh, as, as everyone's been saying. Quite good to buy football outsiders there. Number one in the league. Uh, I think it's one of those weird things with the number one in the league, but they're not number one in either pa- pass or run. They're just higher, I think, in run than a lot of the other top teams. So they're actually third against the pass, ninth against the run. Uh, but some of the other – like I think the number one passing defense is – 28th against the run if i'm not mistaken so there's a weird kind of thing there but number one overall um that's getting a little too far down that rabbit hole by dvoa but if they're susceptible in one area it's on first down on first down now not that they're terrible there but on first down so far the cowboys are 16th in dvoa and that's that's against both run and pass so the league average on first down as they've shown so far uh on either run or pass the packers are 27th on first down, so it's not. Listen, not a great matchup. It's not a great as matchup. Soon, as soon as you said that, I was like, "Are they good on first down?" I don't think the Packers are good on first down, and they're not good on second or third down. It's but, funny because the Cowboys are actually very bad on. They're like twenty seventh on third down, and the Packers are second offensively third downs. But I kind of don't want to bank a game plan off of like being effective on third down because. That tends to not work well. That's 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 an area that that fluctuates wildly on both sides of the ball. But if the Packers can put together something on first down, get some second and fours, man, just make it manageable because that is that is an area the Cowboys struggle with. So if they can do some of the stuff Sarah was talking about, some of the quick game that they haven't abandoned, but they've leaned into a little less over the past couple of weeks. I think some of that is lack of speed and teams are squatting that a little bit. But if they can be somewhat effective on first down, that is an area the Cowboys are susceptible. And then the playbook opens up and you can go about your way. Again, you're 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 threading a needle against a very good defense here. But I think for me, that's what I'm gonna be watching. If they're gonna be successful, if they're gonna want a chance to win this game, they have to be consistent and they have to be good on first down to have a shot at doing it. All right, guys. We we've been doing score predictions this year, and it hasn't worked at all because it is you guys have, I think, three. Three score predictions or three predictions correct. I've got two, right? Four. I think it's it's four to three. It's four to four three. To three. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so four to three, and none of us like it. None of us like it, and the Packers are losing. 
So clearly what we need to do, we affect the Packers winning and losing by doing this. So we're going to change. We're going to go back to what we did last year. We're going to do prop bets. Uh, and I'm going to be in charge of coming up with them. I will run them by you when I create them just so we're all on the same page. But we've got a good one, I think, for for this week. Uh, Dusty's got some more numbers that will back this up. But what we're going to do is the over-under on Aaron Rodgers passing touchdowns at (laughs) 1.5. Yeah, and so just so that people know, this seems low, but it's actually somewhat optimistic. So far this year, the Packers are averaging 1.6 passing touchdowns per game. The Cowboys are giving up one passing touchdown and even one passing touchdown per game. So setting it at 1.5 is about what the Packers do every week but it's actually higher than what the Cowboys are giving up. So just so people know, it's fair. There are numbers behind this. It's fair, even if it's very, very sad. Yep. So Sarah, let's start with you. What do you think? I'm taking the under. Um, (laughs) Historically, this season, (laughs) this isn't, you know, a a hot take. And the Cowboys have a really great defense, so I don't feel good about it. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over. And I think... Again, I don't think they're going to do well. I could see some, not necessarily garbage time, but it, the Packers, I think, I'm hoping they'll get, you know, they'll have a couple guys back. I think they're going to they're going to want to be competitive, and I know that hasn't boded well for them so far. But I do think that Rodgers is likely going to not necessarily play a little better, but try to do a little more inside the five. Like, they got a little, you know, got a little tricky, and they should have had some touchdowns. But I do think he's going to want to throw some touchdowns, uh, and I think they're they're going to end up getting them, even if the second one comes with five minutes left in the fourth, and that puts them down 10 or something like that. So I will go over. You may start noticing that there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Now, why call this water liquid death? Well, mostly because it's going to brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. I have a can of liquid death right here and I'm able to open and take a drink from that. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And it looks just like water. One thing that I actually like to do is have people that don't know it's water. So you just give them one and they think they're getting a beer and all of a sudden it's actually better for them. It's a nice given thing of water. Their help. You can drink it at 9am. You can drink it at school. You can drink it at drink it in public, do whatever you want with this little bottle of goodness right here. Go get your liquid death today at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or just find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, actually, I think I'm going to take the over. I don't think it's going to be big, but I think it's going to be two touchdowns. I think that's what it will be. I think Aaron Rodgers is getting a little annoyed by all the the noise that's coming around him, and I think he's going to try to play a little better. Uh, I mean, we've seen the screenshots. We've seen the videos everybody's posting of him just missing guys that are wide open, and I think he's going to – I don't think it's scorched earth just yet, but I think he's going to start reverting back a little bit towards that – norm so i'll go with the over uh as well and we'll see where that lands but guys it's time for questions and uh sarah we're gonna let you handle questions this week yes so our first question is from brian hartstad he says it's mike mccarthy's quote-unquote homecoming this weekend what memories do you have of mike here with the packers and then the food question favorite starch potatoes rice or pasta so dusty why don't you start yeah, so I think so. I've got like the one big memory is is from the it's from that Super Bowl run after the Patriots lost. That's the where nobody's underdog. When they talk about you know they came close to winning and they didn't win. So that that quote that kind of then spurred them on is is a big one. But I mean, Sarah, we, and Sarah, we were talking about this before, and Sarah brought up this article as well. Um, our buddy Matt Schneidman over at the Athletic sat down with Aaron Rodgers and basically had a conversation about him or with him about Mike McCarthy, and so. I would encourage everyone to go and read that article because it's tremendous work by Matt. It's a really good interview. I'm going to read a, a just a small snippet that I really enjoyed. That was basically the uh, – I think the first year McCarthy was there. Um, so it was at uh, 20, uh, 20, 2006, I think. Uh, this was the first year he was there. So he says it was a crash course, not even a crash course. It was a course at a snail space in football, and I'm forever grateful for those moments, for those years of really getting to study as a backup and learn football and then to practice the drop, the reach, the punch – the reach, the crossover, the heel toe, the four or five, how it all kind of worked together. And I was able to hone my fundamentals during those early years and get a lot better during those off seasons. It's been something that's been talked about a lot with Rogers. You know, he came in from Cal with the Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Tedford style and how McCarthy kind of remade him over those three years, remade the drop, remade how he held his hands, remade everything about him as a quarterback. But it's something that I haven't really seen a ton in depth on. So just that, that tiny paragraph in there, from Rogers on McCarthy in those days, like those early days when he was back up to Favre, it was able to kind of sit there and just, I guess it was 05, I think he was there, um, just sit there behind, learn everything and be able to remake himself, not only through the physical stuff, but also through the mental side of it and reading defenses. I thought was was really enlightening and, and really cool in a way that I hadn't really seen so far. Oh, I didn't, actually, I forgot. Uh, it's uh, potatoes. My starch is potatoes because uh French fries, man. Uh, I think my favorite memory, it's not just one specifically, but honestly, like his, his offensive system, when he had the players and the tools, like when they had those, all those wide receivers, when they had Jermichael Finley there as well. And Aaron Rodgers just operating like top tier, man, that was so fun to watch. That's so much fun to watch where, you know, everybody is winning on their routes. Like all these wide receivers are winning on their routes and Aaron Rodgers has every option available to him. And he's seeing the whole field, like, like Neo from matrix. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. And I'm going to win the super bowl. Like that. It was so much fun to watch because his, as much as we made, we all made fun of him at the end because he didn't have the weapons available to him. Like when all when you've got five wide receivers and a tight end that can all win on their route, man, that's that makes your offense just hum. And that was just so much fun to watch and just to be a Packers fan while the Packers were that good and winning a Super Bowl. I can't knock it, man. Like anybody who's anybody who's gonna come and boo Mike McCarthy at Lambeau this Sunday, I don't know. I have I have all sorts of feelings about those type of people. So, um, so yeah, I think just being able to watch that whole offense that he put together was a lot of fun for a lot of years. And 
I think a lot of Packers fans focus on the bad that happened at the end of it and not the good that happened for the good, you know, like three quarters of that time. So, uh, and as far as food goes, man, that's a really tough choice. Uh, I, I, I think I lean towards dusty side with the potatoes just because, you know, mashed potatoes, French fries, all that stuff, but pasta is so good. Pasta is so good. Like me and the kids had tort like tortellini tonight for dinner and, my daughter was even asking, she's like, oh, they're because we were at Target. And she's like, do they have like uh, lobster or anything or crab that can be that's in the ravioli? And I'm looking around, pulling the bags around. I'm like, nah, they don't have it this week. But like pasta is a, a super close second, but I think I'd go with, with the potatoes. Yeah, so I'll, I'll answer backwards on this question. So food question, I'm also going to go potatoes. Sorry to be boring, but I wish that there was a fourth option that was all of the above because <laughs> I eat these regularly and, and very much enjoy them. But potatoes have versatility that the others don't, and so I have to take that. Um, and then favorite McCarthy memory um one that comes to mind and i guess it's one with him and jordy nelson is when uh mccarthy i can't remember when this was it was probably like 2012 or 2013 but i i can see the the gif of it happening where he, he threw the challenge flag um that almost cost the Packers a touchdown on a play that was already going to be reviewed. And then Jordy Nelson went and sneakily tried to pick it up before the refs uh, saw it. And it was just a funny moment. But I remember seeing that as a kid and thinking it was hilarious. And recently somebody reposted a GIF or I, maybe I saw it when I was um, researching for the podcast and looking at Mike McCarthy things again. But that one was definitely a funny memory that sticks out to me. But um beyond, you know, the Super Bowl and other great things that happened when he was with the Packers. Our next question from Joe C, two-part question. First part, give me one reason to continue watching this team the rest of the way. And part two, food. Would you rather eat ice cream on a cold day or drink a hot beverage on a hot day? So Steve, we'll let you take a crack at this one first. (laughs) I mean, Joe, uh I, I believe you sent a few questions before. And if you're a Packer fan and you don't want to watch the games because they suck, that's okay. You you don't have to watch the games. That's all right. Like you don't like you don't have to watch every single game. But me as a Packers fan, I'm going to tune in every single time I can. Every once in a while it's not, you know, feasible for me. And but yeah, if you can watch the games if you want to, go ahead. If you don't like, don't feel bad. Like it's it, it's okay. But if you're a Packers fan, you know losing happens. Talk to Bears fans. They watch the games all the time. They've sucked for thirty years. Like it's it's unbelievable. Like ever since the what eighty five Super Bowl, eighty six Super Bowl, they haven't won anything. They went to another Super Bowl once, and that's it. And they hang on to that Super Bowl like nobody's business. Packers beat them in 2010 in the NFC Championship game. They made it that far, Steve. They made it that far. Yeah, yeah. And they still talk about the 85 Bears all the time. So, yeah, it's it's. if you're a true fan, like, I think it's okay that they, they're losing. Like, you can still watch the games, and it sucks, I know. But, no, you still watch the games. Um, and then as far as the food question goes, what was the food question, Sarah? It was, would you rather eat ice cream on a cold day or drink a hot beverage on a hot day? Yeah, this is a great question. I really enjoyed this question. Um, I think I'm going to go with the cold because if I'm already sweating and like warm, I don't want to have like a hot chocolate or a tea or anything that's going to make me sweat even more. I'd rather, you know, if I'm, you know, in Chile and like I can grab a blanket and have a ice cream sandwich, I'm going to do that. 
Yeah, and for me, I mean, I'm probably going to echo a lot of what Steve said. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to tell anyone how to be a fan by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, I think we as Packers fans have been incredibly spoiled over the past thirty plus years. There's been down years. I mean, you know, 2018 for sure. You know, uh, some of the, you know, some of the other years kind of scattered in there. But like the fact that you can point to, well, there's a couple of years. Um, you know, is is kind of indicative of of how spoiled we've truly have been. Uh, like you said, Steve, like not just not just the bears, like what have the Vikings done? Like the Vikings have not won anything. What have the Browns done over the past, you know, basically since they've been revived, they've made the playoffs twice uh, since the mid nineties or whenever, when they came back, like, do you look across the league? Like there's a lot of teams that are bad and have been bad for a very long time. Some of them with very little hope of getting better. I mean, you, Steve, you just went to the lions game. Lions have been terrible. Fans still turn out for that forever, forever. Forever, they made the playoffs like twice in my lifetime. Like they've been, and I don't think they've they've not won a game. Like they've been very bad. So again, I'm not going to tell anyone how to be a fan. But I'll say, as Packers fans, we've been incredibly spoiled. Um, and and so if you don't watch the game, that's up to you, man. That's everyone's personal decision. For me, yeah, I'm going to watch them. I'm going to watch them because I love this team. I love football. Uh, and and I mean more than anything, I love the time that I get to get together. Those three hours every week that I get together with it's two of my brothers and one of my good friends. We tend to get together. We sit around. We watch football, whether it's good or bad. We'll watch the game. We'll drink. We'll talk, and then we'll go about our lives after that. But the fact that I get that dedicated three hours to spend with those guys every week uh, and watch football, I I love that. Uh, you know, and again, love football and all that. And if you if you're still looking for something to watch and you're like, well, I don't I don't want to watch the game because it's boring, but you still maybe kind of want to watch the game. I mentioned this last week. Find something else to pay attention to. Zach Tom has been pretty good. You can follow the offensive line pretty closely, at least initial drops from the broadcast. Watch him every snap. Is he does he look good? Does he look bad? Why does he look good or bad? Like, do you have any theories on that? What do you like? How does that look and how does that progress going forward? And then beyond that, one of the things I like to do when I'm watching, because you can't tell a ton from broadcast, look at pre snap, look at that pre snap and look at the alignment. Just, just look at both sides of the field and make it a guessing game. Where do I think they're going to go? I, I tend to go pass because that's how my brain works. If they were to pass, where would they attack? Is there a slot guy? Is there a three receiver side and the inside guy? Maybe there's a guy over there that's rushing. And so maybe you look to him. Is that going to be a hot read? And then you look to see how the defense kind of covers up for that. So if you're, if you're looking, if you want to watch the game, but you're like, well, the game is boring, make it a guessing game. Just look at the alignment, look to see if anything looks out of place. And then say, well, if this was me, how do I think I might look to see if this would attack here? And, and you can learn a lot that way as well. So that's, that's what I would say. Again, I, I don't, if you know, if you want to stop watching, man, that's totally up to you. But I, I know I, I, they can be bad for years, and I'm, I, I will not be stopping. Uh, and I'm going to be with Steve with this. I'm going to say, yeah, cold, cold on a cold day because the thought of us sitting outside a 90 degree day sipping on hot coffee makes me want to throw up. I could not do that. Yeah, and we're going to be really boring because I'm. I also agree, cold on a cold day. Um, so. This means that one of the next questions is going to be chaos because we've agreed now on two questions in a row. Um, but yeah, you can. I can always put a hoodie on and have some ice cream, but I hate being hot and living in Florida. I, I try to avoid it, uh, and it's impossible. And you know, as far as the games, I said earlier, you know, they haven't been bad since I was about this bad since I was about ten years old. So we're very lucky that the Packers have been a good football team for you know the majority of the last, you know, 15 years or so. And hey. Oh, you're, you're talking like 25. Years. Yeah. Well, I was just saying like. For, oh, for you. For you. Yeah. Gotcha. Because <laughs> you're but, 15. Gotcha. There he goes. Um, so it took him a bit. Got it. Took got him it. a bit. Half an hour. Good job, Steve. Hey, it so develops anyways, over an hour. I'm going to keep watching. Um, and like Dusty said, find something to look for in the game. Or if you're finding yourself really frustrated, maybe distract yourself a little bit while you're watching. So do a puzzle or hang out with your friends and have fun together. Maybe you don't have to focus so hard on every single play or meal prep or do something and have the game on and just watch it as a source of entertainment rather than investing your happiness and, you know, just emotions. Yes. Thank you, Steve. Um, And hope for the best because that's all we can do at this point. (laughs) All right. Next question. Another two part question from Spencer Sanders. They want to know, would you rather the Packers go nine and eight and make the playoffs and lose, or finish five and eleven and have a top five draft pick? 
And then they said football. Oh, food question. Turkey or ham, pumpkin or apple, gravy or no gravy. So, Dusty, how do you feel about this? I'm one that in the moment, I don't particularly care. I know in the long run, you're looking like 5 and 12 makes more sense going forward because of the cap restrictions that they're going to be under going forward with some of the guys with, you know, Campbell and Jair and Aaron Rodgers and all that stuff. Having a high draft pick for a a good talent that you can have cost controlled for, you know, four years would be tremendous and you can get a high talent that area. That's great. So in the long run, that totally makes sense for me. I that's think I don't particularly care. I just, I want entertaining games. I want something to look forward to every week. And I just want, I want something fun to watch. Um, I, there was the game was that 2018, I guess when they beat the jets in New York in overtime. And it was, this cost them five, five, uh, five spots on the draft. I didn't yeah, particularly care. Stupid. It was yeah, stupid. I didn't particularly care. It was stupid because that game was dope, and that that the touchdown, the game winning touchdown reception in overtime to Devontae Adams was also dope. And I remember that, and I so I understand that it's better to be five five and twelve. But watching the games, I don't care what they end up. I just want to enjoy myself every week, and I don't particularly care about the rest of it because, as with all this stuff, I cannot control it. If I can't control it, I'm not going to worry about it. So I control what I can control. And what I can control is my own happiness while watching football. So that's still, what I'm choosing, dude. It still pisses me off. I can't believe you brought that up. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you can't control your anger. I'm trying to control mine. <laughs> um, and food question, I'll go ham over turkey, pumpkin over apple, and gravy over no gravy. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear what I'm choosing here. Uh, I think oh, yeah? that... Are you sure? Do you want to guess? Do you want to guess? <laughs> Feel free. Talk, you go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to talk about it. You want to talk about the Jets game, Steve? <laughs> uh, yeah. I would still say, like, honestly, though, if they finish 5-11, and 11, I don't know if that's a top five pick. That's the only argument I have with that question is I don't know if that's a top five pick. Um, but, again, they're just going to, like, I would rather – them just go out and lose the things that they're going to lose. And the way the season's going, that's probably what's going to happen. But um, with Aaron Rodgers there, he's always going to compete. He's going to try to get those guys that he's got with him to compete. So it'll be interesting. And I don't think that the – my best guess is it's somewhere between the 5 and 11 and 9 and 8 mark is kind of where they land. And it's middle of the pack. They'll get like, you know, 14 pick overall. Um that would be my guess as to what kind of happens. I would rather that they kind of tank it and just go for a top five pick and get that impact guy that they haven't had in years and years and years because they've been good for so long, you don't get that impact guy. And so they that's somebody that they need, and this franchise is really lacking impact players right now. So you can get one in the first, one in the second. That's a really big thing. So um, – but again, I don't really anticipate that happening. And then as far as food, turkey over ham, I'll go ham. Uh, I would take apple over pumpkin. And again, I'll actually agree with Dusty and go gravy over no gravy. All righty. And for me, yeah, I mean, I don't feel passionate either way. But at this point, it seems like the season isn't the best. The Packers don't have a lot of weapons, especially on offense, to succeed um so i would say you know finish with a losing record and hope for a high draft pick um and maybe get somebody that can help make an immediate impact uh as far as a food question i'm going to take turkey um gravy and then apple because as i infamously stated a couple months ago don't put pumpkin in places it doesn't belong there you go turkey over ham though yeah, I'm not a huge ham person. Okay. I, like, I'm not strongly against it. I just prefer turkey. Okay. All right. Just our last, our, I'm surprised you didn't start yelling at me and make fun of me for that take. You're, <laughs> you're growing, Steve. I'm really proud of you. He just got all of his anger out. I really thought it was going to fire him up, but it turns out he just got it all off in one fell swoop, and now he's good. <laughs> oh. I had a therapy session. I'm good today. I'm good today. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, our final question. Steve's final chance to get even angrier for this episode. Hold on, let me load up. It's from our good friend, Matt Pickett, and happy belated birthday, Tim. Saul was his birthday the other day. He says, 
there are a lot of reasonable explanations for why the team is having a rough year. How much of it do you think comes down to phenomenally bad luck? And then a food question, what's your favorite Mexican food? So, Steve, we'll give you the floor first. Um, yeah, it's part bad luck, but it's also part the team isn't good. Like, it's just – it's as simple as that. Like, you've, you've got a team that you – built up and the offensive line isn't performing. I think I saw it as I saw it from on uh, Twitter today. And it was the pack a day, you know, retweet and um, a really good job from Tyler Herrick of creating a whole video visual of it, but it was Andy and Perry and somebody else. And they were talking uh, about Alex. Like, I think it was Alex Struff. It was Alex. Okay. Um, and they were they're legit talking about like, what do the Packers do? That's good. Anything. Tell me anything the Packers do that's good. And nobody had a freaking answer. Like, they don't block well. They don't rush well because they don't give Aaron Jones a, Aaron Jones a ball. Actually, that was that was, uh, that was was Andy's only answer was, well, when they do give Aaron Jones a ball, he, he does pretty well. They don't catch it very well. There's drops passes. They don't rush the passer well. They don't play defense very well. Um, so, like, Legit, what do they do well? So, man, yeah, injuries and bad luck are part of it. But, yeah, it's a team that's just appears to me that wasn't put together well, that isn't coached well. And this is the kind of things that happen when you have a $50 million quarterback that isn't playing well as well. Like, he is a guy. He's supposed to be the Band-Aid that covers up all the holes especially for $50 million when you he's covering up basically like a quarter of your salary cap. He's got to cover up all the holes. And he's done it for years and years and years. And now he's not able to do it, and it sucks, but that's kind of what the Packers are facing right now. And then what's my favorite Mexican food? Um, Actually, birria tacos, man. Like I was able to, after – putting out the the question of where can I find some birria tacos in Milwaukee. One of my b- good buddies, Eric Name, who covers the uh, the Bucks for The Athletic, he, re- he uh, sent something back to me of, like, where I needed to go. And I had them, like, this summer for the first time, and, oh, my God, the most amazing Mexican food I've ever had in my life. And, uh, yeah, highly recommend those anytime um, that you can get them. Yeah, I think for me, I mean, somewhat echo what Steve said. I mean, I think there are there are a lot of things that that the Packers need to do better. But I mean, the certainly and some of that, some of the injury stuff is kind of is that is that injuries or is that some decisions that that kind of led to that? Because some of the Bakhtiari stuff, like that's that's a lingering injury that they're, they're they didn't rush him back. Like they're certainly not rushing him back. But this is just who he is now, and you thought he was going to be better by now, and so like luck factors into that somewhat because you just sent him to a big extension, you know, a year or so ago, or a year plus, two years ago, and uh, and and now he's playing on a knee that that day to day you don't know what you're going to get, and Jenkins isn't back all the way, and so you you get some of those injuries, and certainly we had with this past week, you know, with Rashawn Gary, and uh, and Dobbs going down, but then guys like you know Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb you know the injury risk when you sign those guys. And so those injuries are, that's partly bad injury risk and partly just like you put yourself in that position because you know who those guys were. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, they've, they've got some very bad luck this year. I mean, just going down to some of it bounces off a ball, some of it going down to calls in a game and then some of it coming down to injuries. So, I mean, to kind of combine everything, yeah, they've had some very, very bad luck this year. And I think with better luck, they win. They've got a couple more wins. That doesn't mean they're a better team. Like, I, they certainly – they could squeak into the playoffs with some breaks that, that that they did not get. But it'd be the same team, and this team is not content. Unless – the only thing you could say is if they figure it out throughout the course of the year. And we're halfway through now, and they've not figured it out. So, I don't know. I'm not super optimistic on that. But if they figure it out and they get into the playoffs – you can do something there. Then you you figure it out, and once you get there, so you just squeak into that seventh spot, you squeak into the sixth spot, whatever you need to do, get in there. And they just, again, they're not a team that I feel like is, is championship contender right now, and I don't think they will be. So I do think bad luck has has hindered them. I don't think it stopped them from reaching like 
it's not them for each of for their full potential, but their full potential is still not championship contender. So I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, Mexican food. Yeah, man. I, so I got turned out of those from from uh, Jorge Martin, who does these with the uh, Familia Fantasy Football. I've done a few things with him in the off seasons. He got me into birria tacos this past off season. He said, "Dude, whatever you do, go get birria tacos." Tremendous. My answer before that was like barbacoa quesadilla, which is birria blows it out of the water. So. Yeah, I'm gonna echo Steve just because I was like, they can't be that good. And I had one bite and I was like, oh man, like I've never had anything so good in my life. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with everything you said. I think if you know, a short way to sum it up would be that, you know, if you're looking on a scale, I'd say about 10% is due to bad luck. You could say five percent injuries, five percent things that are just out of their control, and maybe some bad calls here and there, and then the rest is just issues that the Packers have and they need to fix on their own. Um, and like Rogers has said, they're really the ones that are getting in their own way. Um, favorite Mexican food, um, big fan of just like a traditional wet burrito. Absolutely love that. Whether it's shredded chicken, shredded pork, you know, ground beef, steak, whatever it is, I'll eat it. Always delicious. But barbacoa tacos are a close second for me and something I've recently started. My boyfriend's dad makes a homemade recipe that's absolutely delicious. So um, glad that I was recently introduced to it. So that'll do it for questions. Uh, Steve, why don't you start with final thoughts for this week? Yeah, I just um, kind of wanted to talk. I, I mentioned it a little bit before, but Mike McCarthy obviously coming back into town is a thing because Packers fans are mad of what's going on with the Packers land in the world right now, but don't boo him. Please don't boo him. Like this is just, he did not leave and, you know, screw the Packers. He, he was fired by the Packers. Please remember that. Like he grew his family here. He was, he wanted to stay here. Like emotionally, He's even getting emotional when getting asked questions about coming back to Green Bay. So, like, it's if you're mad that the Packers suck this season, I completely get it. But please, please, please don't go out of your way to be a dick to to Mike McCarthy. Like, he does not deserve that. He deserves your respect. He does. He was great for this franchise. And um, yeah, I think that that kind of sums up what I'm thinking right now. Yeah, I absolutely echo all of that. Uh, and then also I'll just I'll plug a couple of my things from this week. So earlier this week on Packer Report, I wrote about um, the Packers' use of Smash Fade, which is something they kind of sunsetted a little bit with the rise of two high coverages and then came back with a vengeance against the Lions. And it, they had two explosives, but overall did not do well. So I kind of look at one of the ones that went well and talk about the concept as a whole and single high and all of that. So that's over on Packer Report. And then on Cheesehead TV coming out today, um, take a look at the overall passing game kind of dig into that a little deeper than I generally do kind of look at some numbers and the passing chart and thoughts and all of that kind of stuff. And then I dig into a couple of plays it kind of, I had a lot of words I felt like writing this week, apparently um, uh, pretty deep. I, re- I ran into some of those quite a few words on, on two plays there. So that'll be out of pack report or cheese TV today. So I'm excited about that one. And then I've just been, been a bunch of videos popping up over on my YouTube channel. So I did, I don't want to talk about all of them, but I did do uh, the two. I do want to talk about, there's a clip running around of Deguara running right wide open in the middle of the field and Rogers throwing to him. And the refrain on that is why isn't Rogers throwing to him? He's wide open. And so as I always like to do, it's a, it's a limited view. So I like to kind of say, why isn't Rogers throwing to him? Cause usually it's a pretty good ex- explanation. I've been fairly vocal this year in terms of, I think Rogers has been playing pretty well, uh, not amazing, not up to his standards, but better than I think he's getting credit for. This was a bad game against the Lions. So some of these, even then I'm looking going, yeah, I don't know why he didn't throw that. So there's that one up now that I think um, I learned a lot from kind of got into some of the coverages that they were looking at and what the reads are and all that. So that was fun. And then I've actually got one up coming out today. Uh, I can't remember when at some point I've got it scheduled, maybe in the morning, I think uh, a cool run look that they did. They're, they're starting to do the thing where they're motioning a tight end out from wide and they were using them a couple weeks ago. They're using them to kind of slice another formation, basically get ahead of steam and kick out a guy wide for some of these runs. Uh, this past week against the lions, they were motioning in a tight end and then cracking the end and sweeping around the edge. So a really cool look of, of all the stuff they've been doing this season and the, the past game, they've been trying some new stuff. It's not really been working that much, but what they've been doing with the power run game has been really, really cool to see. So I've got a video on that coming out um, today. So keep an eye out for that, I guess. Sweet. Thank you. And my final thought is just, you know, everyone that's listening in Florida and in the area, I hope 
you stay safe. You know, it's not fun having another storm, especially this late in the season. So thinking of everybody, I know a lot of people are still recovering from the last one. So hopefully it's not too bad and everyone makes it makes it out okay. Um, I will be out next week, but Dusty and Steve will be here and holding it down for you. They'll share the prop bet with me so I can at least you know share my prediction there and they can give a score update based on what happens this weekend against the Cowboys. But as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast, at Sarah Kelleher 4, at Steve Perhatch, and at Dusty Evely. Dusty and Steve, we'll see you next week. And as always, go Pack Go! Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.